replying to what Nicodemus is really at, not what he's saying. He's getting to the crux of the issue, that there's more to life than following a set of rules. The rules that Nicodemus would have been really familiar with, with the Jewish law. But there's more. So as this dialogue continues, and Nicodemus understandably asks, how can somebody be born again? He's taking Jesus' his born again, literally, and he's stuck on the, bio, on the biology, which is obviously an issue because it doesn't work that way. But Nicodemus is misunderstanding the point. And Jesus isn't stuck on that. They're talking a little bit at cross purposes. And yet Jesus keeps bringing the conversation back to the kingdom of God, the place where God rules and the place where God reigns. So verse 7 says, You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. Nicodemus should know. He should get it. He's got the background and the head knowledge. The Jews were, after all, waiting for a Messiah. And yet he really doesn't. Jesus talks about needing the water and spirit. That cleansing that we get from washing and the hope of the spirit. Nicodemus needed to accept that we needed to be, he needed, we needed, we all need to be cleansed from our sins. And so you've got that repentance going on and the recreating work of the Holy Spirit. But for Nicodemus, these two things were separate, partly because Pentecost hadn't happened yet. Partly, he would have been aware of baptism. The Jews knew that as initiation rite. If, if somebody wasn't a Jew, if they were a Gentile and they wanted to join the Jewish faith. Whereas for us, we can see that more joined up. But Nicodemus is still confused. Jesus, on the other hand, was well aware that even those teachers of the law... Those people who really should have got it didn't. And so people are speaking of what they know. Nicodemus didn't get it. He didn't understand. Jesus is talking about earthly things that Nicodemus has likely seen and experienced. He's, after all, having a face-to-face conversation with Jesus. And yet he doesn't believe those things. And so what hope is there, humanly speaking, of Nicodemus getting the heavenly things if he can't get past the fact of who Jesus actually is? And yet, as we so many times see, Jesus meets those he's talking to on familiar ground, even after confusing, perhaps even frustrating conversation. He meets him. He's meeting him in the Old Testament scripture that Nicodemus would have been really familiar with. And still, Nicodemus doesn't understand. If I'd been there, I think I would have been frustrated. One of those conversations at cross purposes. I think I probably would have been far less patient than Jesus. I think at this point I might have been sort of, why don't you get it? 
But conversations with Jesus don't go like that, do they? And thankfully, because I'm sure that Jesus would regularly shake me and kind of go, why don't you get it? But we've looked through that passage. So what is so important about the kingdom of God? That Jesus keeps talking about it, he keeps referring to it. It's that place where God is king. On one level, that is the whole earth, that is the whole world. We know that. And yet, it's not accepted by everybody. So when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, he's talking about where God's rule and his reign is sovereign. Where one day, it will be overall and acknowledged by all. That in the meantime, there are snippets. <coughs> Jesus is talking about where, God, where God's kingdom breaks in. It's the confusing now and the not yet. Don't worry, I'm not going to spend the next hour talking about that. We would be here way past lunchtime. But we can see glimpses, as Nicodemus could have done if he'd, if he'd really engaged and had his eyes open to what was going on. But until Jesus comes again... We don't see it fully until heaven is on earth, when Jesus comes in the second coming. But we can experience and be part of those glimpses. But it's those of us who are in relationship with God, who have been born again. Nicodemus showed genuine curiosity. In some ways, Nicodemus should have known better. But don't we all get that, that I'm sure there are times when we should all know better. We've got the whole Bible. We've got it in many different translations. We've got access to so many things. And yet sometimes we get it wrong. It is how it is. And thankfully, God is far more patient with us than we are with ourselves. At least I am with myself. Because Nicodemus, he knew his scripture. He was waiting for a Messiah, but he didn't recognize Jesus. We're not told why. Perhaps it was stubbornness. Jesus wasn't who he was expecting, and he, he couldn't get past that. Perhaps it was genuine confusion. We don't know. But Nicodemus displayed and acted on that genuine curiosity there was enough about Jesus that he wanted to know more, even if that did involve him going at night so he wasn't seen by his peers and sort of found out. He did something about it, and while, while he didn't understand, he did meet with Jesus. And that happens because Jesus meets Nicodemus where he's at, and he meets us where we are at too. Nicodemus would have been studying the scripture, what we know as the Old Testament. When Jesus um, speaks in verse 14 and says, Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Nicodemus would have recognized that. 
It would have been a passage that he knew well. But Jesus is not just talking about what happened with Moses. And that is referencing Numbers 21, verses 8 and 9. And it says, The Lord said to Moses, Make a snake and put it up on a pole. Anyone who was bitten can lick at it and live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it up on a pole. Then when anyone was bitten by a snake and looked at the bronze snake, they lived. It's a bit odd, let's be honest. Many strange things happen in the Old Testament. That's fine. We can wrestle with them and see what's going on. But here we are being given that precursor to people being saved through Jesus going to the cross. And obviously his resurrection, it doesn't, Jesus doesn't stay on the cross. He rises again. But where people had been looking at a snake to try and save them, they need to look to Jesus as saviour. But Nicodemus didn't necessarily join the dots up. But Jesus was meeting him where he was at in a way that he could understand. Jesus talks about speaking of what we know. It makes sense, doesn't it? We can only really talk about what we know unless we're going to kind of waffle and hope for the best, which is a skill that gets you through certain parts of life, but not this one. To talk about Jesus to talk about what he's done in our life. We need to know him. There is an importance to actually knowing Jesus, to knowing what he came to do, and to experiencing the Holy Spirit. If we don't know in our hearts as well as in our heads, then how can we speak of Jesus? and share the good news that he brought to us. And I think there's, t- there's twofold. There's that speaking of what we know, and that knowing is important for our relationship, our living relationship with God, that we don't stay stagnant. It, we, we increase in knowledge, we increase in relationship, we increase in love for Jesus, but also in reaching out. It's what we're called to do as followers of Jesus, to continue what he started. The good news that Jesus brought, that we are called to share it so that others come into living relationship with God. And all of that is only possible through the Spirit. In the passage, Jesus used this this slightly confusing sort of being born again. With Nicodemus, we know the biology doesn't work. It doesn't, he's, Jesus is not talking about a literal human birth, but rather being born of the spirit. That new birth is needed for us to enter into full relationship with the living God. What does it look like? A decision has to be made that we need to be made new, to be renewed through God, that we need the living God as Lord of our lives, that we have done wrong and that we are sinners 
and that only Jesus can make that right. And if we're acknowledging Jesus as Lord, if we're acknowledging our love for him, then we are in relationship with God. And we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit that equips us to do what we need to do. It equips us to grow in relationship with God. It equips us to, to speak to people where perhaps we couldn't before. And we see in perhaps a slightly different order that relationship between water and spirit. Baptism for the Jews would have been the first part. For many of us, baptism is the outward sign of what's already going on in our hearts. To show to to the world that we have dedicated our lives to God and we've been made new. Those of us who are followers of Jesus are called to live our lives led by the Holy Spirit. And that can be unsettling. Because we're not any longer in control. Verse 8 says, The wind blows where it wishes and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. I don't think it's trying to prepare the world for the fact that people following the Holy Spirit are kind of chaotic all over the place. You never know what's going to happen and kind of there might be a storm or there might be complete stillness. In some places, that might be what you see. But rather the fact that if we are being truly led by the Holy Spirit, then in some ways it's not predictable because we can't put God in a box. The Holy Spirit doesn't just come when we say Holy Spirit come now that's not how it happens if we are walking with Jesus if we are asking for inspiration of what we need to do and being equipped by the Holy Spirit then we're putting our hand our lives into God's hands and that can be daunting especially for those of us who like to be in control but the Holy Spirit can help us with that too So as we think about continuing through Lent, what can we invest in that brings new life to our relationship with Jesus? When Nicodemus came to speak with Jesus, he knew him as teacher, but he didn't know him as Messiah. What's our relationship with Jesus like? Do we know him as the Son of God? Do we know him as our Lord and Saviour? If we do, are we living every day like that? Because sometimes things slip. But we can always get back to where we need to be. So perhaps this Lent, it's time to make a decision or make a decision afresh. If we've never committed to Jesus, I think perhaps we've needed needed some thinking time this morning. Every so often you're getting a break from me. But perhaps we do need to, if we haven't already, make a decision to commit ourselves to Jesus or to commit ourselves to getting back close to Jesus. If things have kind of got a bit stale or got 
in the way. It's easy to be distracted. It's easy to be busy and do good things. But actually, is that what a relationship with Jesus is about? Perhaps for Lent, and I know we're a little bit in already, but let's not worry about that. You want to do something specific. And it may well be that all of you are already sorted. You're already kind of well on your way for building up and investing in your relationship with Jesus during Lent. But if you're looking for something and you haven't got something already, there's a couple of examples here. And there's plenty more that you can find on apps or online. They'll email you things, things to read. If you want to have a look, come and grab them afterwards. It might be that we just need to kind of spend a bit more time thinking about what brings us closer to God. Because for some people, it's going to be sitting down and reading their Bible in a closed room and not leaving it until they've, the alarm on their phone has gone off for an hour. That's great. If it works for you, wonderful. I'm going to let you into a secret. That doesn't work for me. Just because we get one of these doesn't mean that we can lock ourselves in a room and that that works. Perhaps you need to go for a walk with God, see some nature, see the sea. Invest in your relationship by doing something with God. Perhaps you enjoy drinking coffee and you just, that's your time where you can sort of settle down and be quiet with God and let him speak to you when you've got a coffee cup in your hand. Perhaps it's having an alarm on your phone to remind you to pray or listen. Perhaps it's using the daily office. Perhaps it's just investing more in what you'd already planned to do, but perhaps it's slipped. Perhaps it's sitting and just soaking in worship. We're all different. We all engage with God in different ways. That is fine. We are individuals. And actually... There'll be seasons. Sometimes it might work to walk with God. Sometimes you might be tired and you just might need to sit and be. But we need to, we need to prioritize it. And it's so hard. There's so many things that are kind of vying for our attention. We've got phones. We've got emails. We've got, we've got things where people are expecting a response and they're expecting to see action. And investing in our relationship with God isn't necessarily visible. Things that can be seen by other people can take over. But investing in our relationship with God, doing things that mean that we grow closer to him, we experience more of him. We're equipped through the Holy Spirit and we're fueled to talk to others about him, to show his love to other people, to demonstrate that through what we're saying or what we're doing or how we're just being and living our lives. Those only happen when we spend time with God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this example of how Nicodemus was seeking you, even though he didn't really understand who you were. Lord, if there are people here who are in that similar situation, 
We thank you that you welcome each one of us, whatever place we're in. Whether we've known you for what seems like forever or whether you're a new person on the scene. Lord, would you speak to us through your Holy Spirit?